Welcome to the Self-Directed Soccer Podcast. My name is Mike Cruz and I am your host. Thank you for joining us today. This is episode number five and today's guest is Donnie Lutrick. He is uh, the fa- uh, one of the founders of South City Athletic Club, a uh, youth soccer club here in uh, the Waxahachie, Red Oak, Texas area. And Donnie and I are are good friends, and I had him on because he always has um, a unique perspective and I I think a perspective that aligns well with what we do here at Self-Directed Soccer, which is looking at youth soccer through the lens of enjoyment. Uh, On this podcast, we talk about competition, and we talk about um, him starting and founding a club. Uh, using a filter in in our coaching, as well as uh, defining what we're not as being a guiding principle for us youth soccer coaches. So uh, sit back, relax. Thanks so much for joining us. And here is our conversation. All right, Donnie. Well, hey, thank you for joining me here today, man. I really appreciate your time. Uh, for everybody, Donnie, uh, this is Donnie Lutrick. Um, Donnie, if you don't mind, could you um, just kind of give a, a run a rundown on your background with coaching youth soccer and your current affiliation with soccer. Sure. Um, thanks, uh, Mike, for having me. Uh, do have a little bit of uh, you know springtime allergies, so if I you know break into some type of coughing fit, you'll just have to ignore me. I'm so, I hope, I hope, hope not. <laughs> well, sure. Uh, yeah, I. Um, Got involved with uh, youth sports, specifically soccer, a little over a decade ago, I guess now. That sounds like a really long time. But, yeah, um, Alex's uh, team had kind of, in the early years, had had a really good coach, rec soccer, uh, first couple of years. And then they uh, just some things changed with their family and couldn't coach anymore and we kind of went through the one or two you know can you coach can you coach so shannon wilson got a phone call one day i guess because she ended up on the list before me and next thing i knew but you know she had said yes and somehow she pulled me into it <laughs> uh, we didn't we knew each other but not that well i didn't think you know <laughs> uh, but uh anyway um so we just kind of started off um, at least 10 years ago, as far as coaching, um, we coached, um, till the guys were through eighth grade. Um, so a, a good number of years, we, I did a couple of other teams as the association needed it more like for a season here or there, nothing. Uh, we had our team for a good long time. I got involved, um, as a commissioner for Red Oak Soccer Association when there was a need for that. And then was elected um, as secretary for a two-year term as we were kind of really trying to update our, the organization. And then I've also helped found um, uh, South City Athletic Club, which primarily does soccer. It's not the only thing we do or, or going to do, but soccer is the kind of the root of that. And I'm more administrative in that function than I am um, in coaching. So I okay. can I'm, I'm, I'm semi-retired, you know, in coaching. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. So I didn't know yet you were a founder of South City uh, Athletic yeah. Club. Uh, when, what year did that start? 
Well, we we got started, I think, kind of unofficially about 2015. Okay. And I was, you know, much more kind of in an advisory, you know, way with that. But as time went along and we had to form a board and we had to do all the different things, it kind of kind of evolved into that. So, okay. um, so 2016, 2017 is the real founding year. Okay. Okay. What, what, like, what led to that? Um, you, did you see a need or like whoever you were working with you and, you know, your founding <clears throat> members, did y'all see a need for something? Well, I, yeah, I think so. I think we saw a, um, you know, my involvement with the soccer association and it's kind of seeing what goes on with clubs and the just youth sports in general, to be honest with you, uh, really kind of, you know, kind of had me thinking, you know, and I don't know, somewhere along the line, I'm sure I was talking too much and shared, you know, one day I might like to do something about some of this. And, uh, of course, that came back later on. Hey, you have some really good ideas about whatever it was. And uh, I've known David uh, Flores for a number of years. In fact, <clears throat> we really I think officially him helping out with our little velocity team that Alex was playing on through the years as some of his first coaching you know, real coaching experience. And, um, of course I knew his wife. Uh, she was the assistant coach at Sagu and played in college. And she also kind of worked part-time in my office, uh, at Sagu. So there was a lot of interaction. A couple of the other guys that have been part of, you know, that world, um, wanted to do something and, and they also were wanting to do that. They wanted to also figure out a way to connect into how do you do, uh, raise money for things like mission work and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so their idea, trying to do something different with youth sports and trying to use it as a way for, you know, honestly, for outreach and ministry was kind of our, how, how do we do this? That was uh, our goal. How do we come, how do we bring all those things together and, and make that happen? So, Okay. Okay. All right. So um, if I if I understand it correctly, so it sounds like South City kind of came from um, a, a combination of maybe two functions, right? Number one, you know, maybe uh, providing an alternative type environment to what was currently out there in club and youth sports in general. And then also a desire for outreach and then maybe using that club or soccer type or the revenue from youth sports into a funding mechanism to do the outreach. Does that yes. sound about right? That does sound right. Okay. Okay. So um, you mentioned like David. Um, so, uh, so David Flores, he's currently, um, I think I think we also I think maybe we have David on at some other time down the road, but like David right now, he is the, uh, or at least with Red Oak Soccer, he is like the the lead guy in terms of providing the um, function for our six and under age group at Red Oak Soccer, uh, where it's not a competitive um, type environment where you have like you know kids on teams going against each other. But more so, it's like a skill and experience and just enjoyment type um, deal where we're, we're out there for 45 minutes or so or an hour on a Saturday morning for eight weeks. And then that be the experience for six and unders as opposed to doing the typical team environment. So 
Um, you said David helped you out uh, with a loss scene, that being his first coaching uh, maybe experiences possibly. Um, how did you get in touch with him in the first place to like say, hey, this guy you know, could help us out with soccer? Well, um, he played at Sagu, and it was his senior year. Um, I knew him from a distance more. I didn't know the team real well, even though I, I watched them play. Uh, his coach, Clem Wancha, who, uh, who's also um, one of the FC Dallas, uh, I think what they, his title technically is the Southern Dallas uh, soccer director for FC Dallas. And uh, actually, he had actually just taken his club and merged it in with them. And then at about the same time, he became head coach at Sagu. And uh, so we'd gotten to know each other. And so one day we were talking and he's like, you know, he'd like to get some of these guys involved. And I was interested in getting some of them to come out and wasn't sure exactly what that would look like, but um, um, just thought it would be good for them, you know, for Mm -hmm. our our players to see some role models and some guys play. And and so um, he connected us up and, uh, you know, we just had kind of a real connection, I think, real, real quickly uh, with uh, what he was wanting to do and um, which was, you know, he was he was studying to be a, a teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what he was about to graduate with and work on a certification, things like that. He just had – I saw almost immediately. In fact, the other day I was on Facebook um, finding real quickly uh, a um, – a picture that's, you know, a decade old, like I was saying, that there he was, and it was like one of the first times he had been with the, with the kids in the spring and okay. after a game and so forth. So there was a lot. I, I knew pretty quickly he he had a real connection with them and saw that that really wasn't a training thing for him. It was just a natural connection of just knowing how to play. And, and I don't mean play in a professional way. I mean, like, have, just have fun. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, could still work on skills. He he knew exactly where. Because you're talking about these guys were eight years old. Okay, they, they weren't the six year olds, but they still, you know, eight year olds still want to have fun. You yeah, know? I think twenty eight year olds and fifty eight year olds <laughs> want to have fun too. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so it, so you could just see it. You know, when he got out there and started playing, how quickly that is. I don't think either one of us thought this would be. You know, a de- ten years later, that we would still be somehow connected. Not that we didn't want to be, but it was just like, oh, this is for them. We're yeah. gonna do this, and you know, uh, it was right before he got married, and you know, and so. But over time, that relationship with the kids really developed. It was kind of fun, you know, with the Red Oak uh, High School players a few weeks ago and seeing their senior day, and there were several kids who were part of that team years ago were on the senior team. So, mm-hmm. and, and a lot who went on to do a lot of other things, you know, that have d- done really well at the, they're in band or they're in tennis or they're in some other thing. But, but to look back at those uh, pictures and see, and um, you know, the impact they could have. So but David's yeah. naturally good at that. Yeah. So tell me like when you, what was your idea when having him come out, like, was it to like, um, was it like maybe just to interact and play with the kids? Was it a, sp- a specific type deal with to work on skills or actually coaching them? And um, um, what, what was your idea behind inviting well, him out? 
Well, early on, what we did was, and and again, I think it was just to get them out there, and then we were kind of figuring it out as we went along. To be honest, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know if we had any you know strategic plan involved or anything. But what you know, honestly, he didn't come. He was there about once a week in our two week two uh, a week practice time. He mm-hmm. didn't always make it out to a, a game. Um, just because of his work schedule and so forth, because he's trying to get through college, finish up things. So he was, you know, just kind of supplemental to what we were doing. So, you know, and what he was good at was working with them towards skill and learning how, you know, and making it fun. So we let him, whenever, at that point, what I would let him do is, he, you know, we would kind of work on plans and, when I knew he could be there, we had kind of one set of plans, and if he couldn't be there, we kind of went a different direction. Uh, but it was usually he was working a little bit, you know, a little more on skill because that was where he was better at working with the kids than what I was. Okay. Because his natural kind of fit was there, you know, to make it make it a little more fun. So we would work on um, – he would be a little more tactical, I guess you'd say. And then we would kind of work on the bigger picture issues with, you know, learning the game. Cause we were, went long after that, we're learning, you know, offside rules and you're having to figure out where the keeper go, you know, and just trying to work on how to look at the game and think about the game. And, um, you know, me getting them to try to go to games, you know, like let's go to the high school game. Let's go to an FC Dallas game. Let's go to, you know, whenever, Whenever the college game was going on, several times they went and they were the ball ball boys at the at the college game and had a good time. Nice, um, which would introduce them to other things besides just soccer because now they're on a college campus and they're asking questions if they didn't know anything about it. And mm-hmm. you know, I remember the conversations of some kids in the back of my car going, "Oh, I want to be a lawyer. No, I want to be this. I want to be that." You know, <laughs> it was just interesting to see um, see how they did that. So, so the idea was to one hand work on that and then expose them to you know more fun things as well as hopefully things that would impact them beyond soccer yeah yeah that's cool kind of broadening out and not just making it about soccer um that's a that's a that's an interesting like uh perspective to have because a lot of times i think uh for myself i've been guilty where it's just all been about the soccer you know uh just about the tactics or the skills or the game itself and then it's easy to kind of get lost in that and then um almost forget that these are just kids too or kids first <laughs> and then maybe that happened to play soccer right you know so i think that uh a lot of times that gets lost and not not for any malicious reasons or, or anything nope. like that but it's just you know um it's, it's easy to when you're at soccer practice or you're on a soccer team and you're competing at soccer to so just kind of um, just think of that while you're doing it, but um, but yeah, that, that's a, that's a great perspective to have, um, kind of overall. So we've we've done something similar to that, where they you know we took some teams, uh, a couple teams that I coached or kids that wanted to go to go to FC uh, an FC Dallas 
or you know that's the second division team so that's like north texas soccer club i think sure. they would they they, did, um, they were the ball kids for that game so they got to you know, go on the field hold the kid, the players hands and be out there and then they're the ball kids and to be honest like my biggest worry was like just them paying attention <laughs> and Absolutely. Knowing, knowing Absolutely. who to give the ball to so like like although it, it could have been like uh, you know it was a fun experience uh, like while i was in the stands i was like oh my gosh like you know like they barely know what's going on in their own game so how are they going to know who to give the ball to and then pay attention and it was it was funny but the funniest thing that came out of that was that one kid was by the fc dallas supporters um, like the season ticket guys, and, and so it was on one end, and yeah, they're like crazy fans, and like one fan was just like you know he was yelling at the refs and at the other team, and he was uh you know saying some not so nice stuff, and so like after the game he he like he basically told us um what that guy was saying like oh okay <laughs> that's <laughs> I'm not sure how your parents are gonna feel about this man. <laughs> But some of those uh, guys, yeah, mm, wow, yeah, 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 they were very <laughs> passionate, passionate fans. Passionate. Well, yeah, and you're right though. They get to do that. You know, we had the fun. You know, we had the privilege of you know, with David actually playing one of those seasons, they could actually see somebody's coaching them actually play. Oh uh, yeah. My biggest fear there was: is he going to get a red card, or is he going to get card? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, this is not the example that I want. But yeah. We, we had another uh, – there were some other guys that were on the team that year, and they were coaching over at the YMCA some. So we actually put their team and our team together one evening, and actually they came and scrimmaged each other and stuff like that. And and then um, at the time, um, we were attending church in Midlothian uh, with Life Church over there, and um, it's where David and uh, Kay attended as well, and – their pastor grew up in Argentina as a, as a missionary, and I mm-hmm. knew him. He was a little behind me in college years ago. But anyway, he's a big player, and his kids all play, you know, play. And so they he had a team. So we, we, we actually had a big matchup between, you know, Red Oak and Midlothian. You know, the, you know uh, I think we beat them, which was the only way I could go back to church the next day. You know, kind of <laughs> But you know, I think in that one, David served like as the referee or something. But I, w- I was thinking about that because uh, his son, the, the pastor's son, just signed with the Sagu soccer team. So he's going to play in the fall. So Oh, nice. Yeah, those are good things. Yeah, yeah, no, it's all it's all kind of intermixed, uh, you know. So, yeah, I, I, I love I love having, you know, older players and, and just um, older kids even younger kids to come out. So I always think there's some kind of experience for a kid who's like either younger than someone who else is participating there or who they're older than. I always think that there's an opportunity for them to, to gain something out of it just because it's like life, right? Because in, when you look at, you know, when you go to work, it's not just you're working with, you know, third, you know, I'm 38. So like other 38 year olds, right? You're, you have like people who are close to retirement. You have people fresh out of college. You have people close to your age, but not quite. So I, uh, you know, whenever we split teams off into age groups, um, I don't feel you always get the, the truest example of like, you know, life and competition. So I always think it's nice to have, you know, uh, I guess opportunities for them to mix it up with different different ages just to get that real life experience. 
Yeah, I think that's a that there's there's good and bad to that, you know, because on one hand, you know, even down to ability, you know, mm-hmm. one eight year old, another eight year old, not the same. They're just not the same. They're growing at their own pace. So there's always an issue of is it you know, you know, fair? Well, it's never going to be hundred percent equal, but it can still be fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we see, we, we know when it's not fair, it's just hard to figuring out on paper. How do you make it fair to begin with? You know, it's, that's the problem. Yeah. But, but I, but I think the mixing up of ages, we did the same thing with times I would, I had the primary team uh, of that old three group. And then when we would add in, in fact, I think some of those kids are, you know, freshmen this year that were on some, uh, a couple of the teams that I did. And I would, you know, we would have practice at the same time and um, <clears throat> we would probably split it up some, you know, with help. But we always tried to do something together and usually even try to make it more of a fun activity than it was. some kind. You know, like one time, you know, all the older kids had to carry around all the younger kids on their back as they tried to play, you know, <laughs> or, you know, just, just something to make them just something just totally, you know, kind of, yeah. dumb, especially for the younger ones. And, and, uh, it, it was, it was a good thing. So I, I a hundred percent agree with you that the mixing up of ages and things helps a lot. And yeah. Helps them. And honestly, I think it helps sometimes some of those players who think they're really, really good, see what better looks like you know yeah. you know what i'm saying it's mm-hmm. just uh it just because you're a little more advanced in this area than your peers doesn't mean you're really ready to be the next uh, real <laughs> or no doubt no doubt that's a, a little humility check sometimes for for those players yes um yeah 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 i um in regards to like you mentioned uh kids picking up other kids at that fun game you're talking about i uh i don't I, we didn't have anything specific to do in that but like every single practice or game we have there's always piggyback rides and i don't know if that's just like this, this age group but or if it's just boys in general yeah. but like uh other boys like if they're smaller, they don't mind being carried by it's like the bigger boys and bigger boys want to show how like big they are and strong they are. And so like, they're literally like, they would actually, you know, mess around and play with like another player on their back. And <laughs> they're just goofy, man. It is. They're just goofy. Yeah. 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 So I had a question for you. So it sounds like you started with a team that you, uh, you took through eighth grade. Um, and that being your primary team and you helped out with other teams. Um, Tell me, like, about, like, your, like, the, when you got roped into actually, you know, to coaching the team after, you know, the other coach uh, had left. Tell me about, like, the first team meetings or your first experiences uh, coaching and, like, any nerves related around that and what, oh, your, what your plan was. Oh, well, yeah, absolutely. Well, at first I was just going to, primarily going to help Shannon and didn't realize that her goal was to, always make me be the one responsible for it. (laughs) You know, um, I found something that she wrote from a couple of years ago with the little presentation thing. And it was funny because I was going through stuff and it was like, she wrote all this stuff about how I was always late and all these things. She's like, Oh, wait a minute. That was me. You know? And I was like, Oh yeah. (laughs) Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, because I didn't grow up playing soccer. Well, I, um, I mean, honestly, it wasn't until I was in college and, you know, really married that and living in the Dallas area that, you know, we'd see the sidekicks back in the day when they were playing reunion or old reunion arena yeah. and then the world was here in 94, which was the year that um, uh, Candy and I were married and actually lived here through the summer and everything. And, you know, didn't quite know everything. And then, of course, the women, you know, really exceeding in those late 90s. And so, it, but it was never something that, I mean, you couldn't just turn on the TV like you can today and watch soccer. Yeah. I mean, you had a little bit of Mexican League. Uh, you had, you know, again, stuff from the sidekicks until they finally, you know, that whole indoor league went under. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was a little bit now as I knew Alex was coming along and that's probably what he was going to play. I tried to get in and learn as much as what I could, uh, about the game. And so I think my nerves really centered around having to go, okay, how do I take other things I know and learn and figure this thing out? Yeah. Uh, But I really found, you know, if I, if I look back at it, I think fairly quickly, I I realized that being the coach was trying to build a culture in which these kids can uh, have a good time, succeed, be safe as much as possible. And uh, within reason, we were not, we couldn't, you know, we weren't trying to be a club team. We had mm-hmm. to figure, you know, you had to figure that out, that pull to want to overdo, especially a rec team, you know, uh, to where you're, you know, everybody's got matching backpacks and shoes <laughs> and get sponsors and do all this stuff. And you're going, yeah. you can do all that. And, you know, and, and I hate to say that, but there may be some teams that that's okay because maybe they're just that good or that unique or whatever. It's just mm-hmm. like, players, you know, okay, that could happen. But that doesn't seem like that was the main goal. Yeah. Um, so the, so to me, that was how do we make this enjoyable, make it fun, challenge them as much as possible. Honestly, that's probably when I look back, even with David, I mean, his technical ability to help them was helping because it helped me mm-hmm. on areas where I didn't know that I felt as confident because there's, you know, only as many YouTube videos you can watch to figure that out. But if you hadn't done it for, you know, he had done that for 18 years of his life, you know, yeah, uh, that, that made a difference. So, um, but you know, over time it can't, you know, again, you wanted to make it something you wanted to me being a coach was about being there before they got there, greeting them, having a plan, and being the last one to leave and making sure everybody was taken care of, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was about that, you know, that experience did, you know, did they learn to get along with each other? Did they learn to put in effort? Did they learn to, you know, work on the skills that we ask them to do and to keep it in perspective, you know? Uh, yeah, there was this tendency to want to be better and, you know, but it wasn't about trying to recruit players and finding people and doing all those kinds of things, which, I think, again, ends up being a lot about the soccer, not about the kids. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I don't know if that answers the question that you're yeah. asking. Me. No, it does. Like when you, you said, like, it would be more about the soccer. I, I feel like it becomes more about the competition versus even the soccer. And that Okay, point. well, that's fair, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. because um, – you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with getting better at soccer and aspiring to get better at soccer. No. But I love, I like, I, I really like how you, you know, you put the emphasis on, um, 
make it, you know, make sure they're safe. And then your, your duties as a coach to be, you know, that you're taking, I think saying that you're going to be there first and last and be there to greet the players. Um, and then make sure that their perspective is on fun and, um, and enjoyment. I think is the word you used. I think that's fantastic because, uh, I think that's hard though, right? Because I think I, I share those same aspirations and I, I, even I, uh, share those aspirations I tell my you know tell my wife about it and like just so that like I, I put it out there that I, that's what I want I, I tell my parents that in our you know at you know years ago at our team meetings like that's what I'm aspiring to but like I find myself every season you know once we start playing and competing that uh, I lose, I tend to lose sight of that when sure. when when there are results going on and you're competing and yes. depending on how the team performs and because I I feel personally and I don't know if this is wrong or right but I feel personally that like um, not not in terms of like my beliefs but just like how I feel that you know like how the team performs is like is like a reflection on me in some aspects right so I'm like. Uh, that's why I think I lose perspective on like enjoyment. Cause I don't think there's anybody, no one's ever going to accuse me of saying, Hey, like I am saying and wanting to say, Hey, I want this team to be the best. But I always say, like, it's all about the enjoyment until, until the results, <laughs> until the results happen. And then I'm like, Oh man, let's, we, we need to work on some stuff. Like we, uh, we're not, I mean, we're just, I don't know. <laughs> Cause I, I'll tell you, I, I had a recent, we had a recent game two games ago where it's like a nemesis team for us that, uh, it's usually, it's usually hard for us to beat them, but we beat them our first game of the season, um, and pretty convincingly. And then we played them again the other night and then we lost and we just, but we didn't play well at all, right? We were just not passing the ball, playing yeah. selfishly, holding on to the ball too much. And it was after that, I was like, for, I would say at least two days, I was really just like thinking hard, like, what are we going to do at practice next time so we can fix these things and play better? But like after two days on that third day, I I started thinking, I was like, wait a second, you know, if I say I'm about enjoyment, they may have played bad. You know, I I think it's it's reasonable for people to play bad for certain reasons. Um, And so I, I, I don't know if I should go about correcting the flaws from one performance into our next practice or should I like, you know, should I just continue on with what I would have done if they had played well? You know what I mean? So should I, should I correct stuff or, or not? I mean, none of this is a question. I'm just kind of venting now. Well, but, like, I, What do you I think, think Donnie? Well, I think that that's a, that's great. And I think it's like so many other things. It's more coaching as an art, not a science. You know, I think it's going to depend upon what you got. You know, I remember, you know, how old are they? You know, what kind of mistakes were they making? You know, playing bad and could be better or, you know, is it that they just got to where they could really pass and do these things? And this was just a, you know, a weekly, uh, one week setback. You know, is it a pattern? Is it, you know, because they didn't come to come to practice? You know, I think you just consider all those factors in there and you have to make a, a decision. But that but you're you're you know, you got to figure out those values and goals, like you were saying, and do your best to live up, live, filter it through that, you mm-hmm. know, filter yeah. it through that. 
so that you know because you it's not like you don't need to correct things and and by no means is any of this meant to be let's don't take it as something important to do you know that even competition is not good because it is i believe i think it has to be you know which that's a whole interesting discussion i think we could have about what is competition and what how's it set up and um I think it's it, it there's nothing wrong with it but i i can remember um a couple of games uh years ago and and you probably had this experience it's just this something as simple as a throw-in you know it's like nobody that whole game seemed like they could throw the ball in and uh, you know like you're 12 years old you know yeah. you know or 14 or whatever it was and you know we spent 30 minutes throwing the ball in, you know, at the next because I think if you do, if you try to make the correction as punishment, Mm -hmm. I think that's a big problem. I think make it as a way to help them be better. I think that's what you're trying to do because it's just Mm -hmm. like running. Running is part of the game. You know, it is, we were talking before we started about, you know, all those kinds of things and, Mm -hmm. you know, Honestly, I hate to say it because I don't know who's going to hear this. You know, I saw some at that playoff game for Red Oak a few weeks ago. I saw some really tired people at a point in the game, and I thought they shouldn't be that tired at this point, at this age, in this game. But they looked like they were winded. You know, and I'm like, I remember that 10 years ago. You know, they didn't like running then and they don't like running now. You know, uh, so that's a, you know, that's a personal discipline kind of thing. I get that. But, but to me, and, and, you know, I read stuff early on, you know, I can't say exactly it was this particular book or not, but U.S. Soccer and other had a lot of good stuff that they were just really starting to put out just even in weekly articles and stuff that you could look at. But it was like, don't use exercise or athletic things to be punishment. Mm-hmm. Just don't do it because you don't, especially early on, want that to be associated with, well, the, the coach is making us run because we did something wrong. Mm-hmm. Or you don't want it associated, you know, because sometimes that's just a subconscious thing you're doing instead of saying, this is just part of it. Yeah. You know, and yeah. so we give them a ball and say, run around the field once, you know, and but dribble the whole time. Practice yeah. your dri- it was really a dribbling, running, but we didn't make them do, you know, uh, again, age appropriate, right? Yeah, age appropriate, ability appropriate. But I've seen too many players, when uh, uh, coaches who were frustrated with their player not paying attention, put them running, and then that's all they do. And that's like, you know, the punishment for me is go find your mom and dad, and y'all got to sit over there together. <laughs> you know, <laughs> y'all figure it out. You know, yeah. uh, I can't. You know, because if you stay over here, I'm going to be aggravated with you, and I'm going to uh-huh. take it out. Pro- on everybody it's you know not meaning to yeah and if you're and then i gotta watch you run because you're not you're gonna be picking daisies and you know um so to me if if i guess trying to get back to that to me you're filtering all that through there and you're trying to help them be better and reinforce good things and you know uh sometimes another piece of that is all don't regularly work on fundamentals just make Mm -hmm. it part practice yeah because i think that too often they get too busy wanting to do tricks or do whatever and scrimmage the whole time and which i'm not saying we shouldn't scrimmage and play but i'm saying just basic things to build into that scrimmage time you know Mm -hmm. we're going to work on just throw you know that way it's constantly reminding them that you have to do it i mean we see the pro i'll never forget being at the gold cup game like in it's um like 14 12, somewhere along there. 
I can't remember which year it was. They're off year, so it must have been like 13, 2013. And was watching, you know, um, some of those star players who were, after the game was over and they won, what they were doing for the hour after the game was done. Because we were hanging around the stadium doing stuff and would look okay. down the field. And there they were working on, you know, some of them were running. Some, some of them didn't get in the game. So they're out there still exercise, you know. Okay. And I, I, me and Alex watched them to see that extra work that they were doing about discipline. And it wasn't that the coach made them do it. It's just just who they were in self-discipline. Yeah. And, um, and, I, and I'm thinking if that's elite players who understand that, then – Younger players have to understand there's effort that you have to put into it, I guess is my point. Yeah. Not not brutal, um, but things that they can do to – that it's not punishment, again. You yeah. Know, yeah. Don't associate with punishment. So when uh, – that's a great point. When uh, and when and how did you come to the the filter perspective in terms of like putting things through a filter – and then um, acting upon that. Cause like, that's something more recent in my own journey that I've come to um, start implementing in terms of like, all right, so why are we doing this? Are we doing this to, for them to get better and perform better and win more games? Or are we doing this, you know, because it will, it's enjoyable, but it also will help them. And that's kind of like the filter I'm, I'm, I'm putting things through at the moment where I prefer to, Things that things to be enjoyable for them, uh, but also you know helpful, um, but not just for the sole sake of performance. Um, you know, do you know how you came about that thought well, process? Uh, you know, well, that that's good. I think that that's probably pulled from other areas of my life, thinking through different things that are you know important. From you could you could apply that to business. You know, what are you going to sell? You got to figure out does it fit. Mm-hmm. Does it work? And you can think through that filtering through and making decisions. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of ways personally you could think about those things. Um, I, I think I had to quit. Like I said, and, and this didn't happen the first season or the second season. It was just a thing. And I can look back at it and tell you it, it sounded smarter than what it was at the time. I'm sure it was much bumpier for everybody, uh, to be honest, including myself. But, you know, again, figuring out what we were not trying to be. Mm-hmm. was probably as important as figuring out what we were trying to be. Yeah. Um, and uh, and honestly, I think that's what I tried to bring even administratively to the um, to the association itself, as well as what I do at South City, as you know, what it's harder to figure out what to say no to because there's lots and lots of good ideas. Hopefully, if you're in a healthy situation, there's lots of opportunity, lots of ideas, lots of ways you could go. Yeah. And, and there was, look, as much as we held a basic team together through the years that I could you know, talk about, there was a lot of people who came and went or they went on to do other things at other, in uh, you know, in club sports or whatever, because it just didn't fit what we were trying to do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, um, we didn't tell them, no, you can't be a part of it, but it, they just, they didn't fit. So, so parents, you know, we hadn't really said the P word there yet, in the whole time, <laughs> but they have, you know, especially younger, they have a huge influence, especially if they're trying to get the next star born, you know, created here. Yeah. And you, you do feel that from time to time, 
because their kid is maybe, again, maybe they're a little better. Maybe they put them up a year and they're wanting this extra competition and they end up and you're not, you're not running, you know, soccer, you know, practice five days a week and you're not pushing them and yelling at them hard enough or you're not, you know, maybe we didn't do um, indoor over the break or whatever. Um, and there's nothing wrong with indoor over the break, but sometimes it is good. Sometimes it's not, you know, yeah. um, or we didn't go to 10 tournaments as you know, um, right. we actually have other things to do in life. You know, that, that's what we were trying to figure out, you know, yeah. how do we do this? How do we give opportunity? How do we make sure that, you, you know, uh, we didn't spread it around. We didn't spread ourselves too thin, even as a coach, you know, there's only so many things I can do. Mm-hmm. And if I don't have enough help, you know, maybe I, you know, and at what point if I'm asking this, these five people to come to this tournament, but not these, mm-hmm. and tearing apart what I'm trying to accomplish with a bigger team. Uh, yeah. I mean, those are things to think about, depending again on what you're trying to do. I mean, there's a lot of, there's, if, you know, if I'm just trying to be a quote unquote competitive team, that changes a lot of these, these, these questions. But everybody knows that going in. Yeah. Uh, But even there, I think you have to be careful because you're still dealing with people. You're still dealing with kids and they don't understand all these economics and these pieces. They just know they got left out. Yeah, no doubt. And that that one moment, that feeling. I think a lifetime sometimes. Right. I think there's a book. Let me see if I have it. Hold on one sec. All right, so I was listening to a podcast the other day, and uh, it was with Dan Heath. He has a brother, Chip, and they made, they wrote a few books called Switch, Made to Stick, and then The Power of Moments. Power of Moments is the one. So they're like social psychologists, and mm-hmm. uh, and so I think that's what they are. But uh, basically, the the what I got from that podcast uh, in the book that they that they wrote, The Power of Moments, is that. Um, people don't remember every single thing about like their youth soccer experience, right? They don't remember every single practice, every single you know moment in a game, but they they do remember certain moments, right? And mm. a lot of times those moments are tied with emotion, and those are like memorable moments. And yes. it's uh, they could be great learning moments, and they don't necessarily have to like a great learning moment doesn't necessarily have to like have a positive emotion tied to it, right? It could be like, you know, a you know, a professor, you know, saying, No, you gotta rewrite this entire essay. It's terrible for what your potential is. And but like that not feeling good for the student, but in the end, you know, this guy comes back, he's now a doctor, has a doctorate or whatever, and and that what's that's what caused this guy to like go on, push himself to like you know pursue more of his potential but like what but it's moments that could have positive or negative emotions tied to it um but that's what people remember and so you know what you're saying like hey you know all i know is that um my my whole team went to a tournament and you know they were trying to win they you know y'all they were trying to win it and they left me off the roster Mm -hmm. and i was not invited um and like how how that could affect you know that one kid for for so long. I know if I was a kid, if I was that kid left out, I would remember yep. that for for quite a long time. Yep, it, it's a terrible thing, you know. It's the guy, you know, um, especially you know, 
um, if, if this is your friend group or your peer group or who you're trying to look up to, or if you were the one that got moved up unnecessarily to an older bracket, you shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just so many questions or be the guy that ends up on a, a com- or a competitive team that never gets playing time because they're just not as good. I mean, that's, yeah. that's, you know, those are, and those are things, by the way, you know, those are hard, you know, my perspective comes a lot from recreational sports. I have a lot of opinions about competitive sports, but I do know that it is, you know, the, the equation's different there. But again, I still think the, the, the variables themselves are the same, mm-hmm. you know, how you weigh those out are going to be different. And, um, you know, and th- the sad part about it is it's because money's involved, yeah. you know, as much as anything and uh, on, on both sides of that. So you have to, you, you really have to figure out what that's going to look like. You know, again, I think you got to set, set those things out ahead of time as much as possible or, you know, or make adjustments. I mean, it's not like we're all static and, Oh no, I can never, you know, I can't learn anything and adjust by any means. Mm-hmm. You better, you better. Hopefully, I, I always felt like that I learned as much from those kids as they taught me. But yeah. it wasn't necessarily about the sport. It was about you know, hopefully being a better leader, maybe being a better you know communicator. Maybe it was a better way of trying to you know genuinely com- you know show that uh, I cared about them even whenever they weren't necessarily wanting to hear it. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know, I hope, you know, that's all I can say. But I think if you go into it that way, the guy, these people that go into this and I see, you know, they scream and yell and it's all about competition and everything, you know, those moments are fleeting, you Mm -hmm. know, you're right. They're not going to remember all the seasons and all the games and probably not going to remember all the goals they scored, you know, Yeah. you know. I, I, I do remember a game or two where I disagreed with the referee a decade ago, but that's a whole other story. Uh, you know, but, we all learn. We but, all learn. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and trying to and trying to figure out, you know, even as a coach, how do I, you know, how do I deal with those failures in front mm-hmm. of them? How do I? How do I, How do you lose? We always say this, you know, we competition is all about learning, learning all these great things, and then mm-hmm. I'm like, well. I know a bunch of you hadn't learned those lessons yet. You know, <laughs> you're still sore losers. You yeah. know, you're even worse winners. You know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but but, it, but I really think that honestly, I think competition brings out who you are. Yeah. Um, more yeah. than it really teaches you as much. I think you're gonna, you know. I think that that's what, you know, even from the, you know, that's when your training helps you learn how to react, whether it's practice or whatever it is in your life and trying to talk to your players about these things that, you know, they're not going to get every job. They're not mm-hmm. going to get every date they ask for, you know, they're not going to, you know, not every, not every, every, you know, I hate to say it in life, but you know, they're going to be dealt some really bad things that come up mm-hmm. and, they're going to have to figure out how, how do they deal with those and not, and, and get through the other side. Um, and just as meaningfully to me is you're going to be given lots of opportunities. Some you shouldn't, shouldn't take, you know, Yeah. <laughs> how do you figure those things out? And while we're not out there to, you know, dissect every one of those kinds of things, again, I think it's the, it's the investment into them that makes the difference over time. And as a coach, they got to see that just like their parents or their teachers mm-hmm. or whoever, 
they've got to see how do you deal with those issues? How do you deal with the coach who's stupid on the other side? <laughs> yeah, definitely on the other side. Do you, you know, yeah, exactly. But, you know, yelling, screaming, saying things they shouldn't be saying, or a referee who's just making terrible calls. And yeah, you know, do you lose your moral, your ability to communicate with them? You know, um, are they getting hurt? I think that are you protecting them? Yeah, uh, you know. Yeah, I um, you know, I have thoughts that are. I, I think they're not quite, quite concrete. I think I need to like chew on these a little bit more, but like to some of the points you were making that competition doesn't really teach us much. It like, it gives us an experience to, you know, either, you know, win or lose and, you know, how to react to that. And it also kind of is, is more of a, a reflection of who we are at that point, I think, uh, based upon our reaction to either winning or losing in competition. I agree with that. And so like I've been having some thoughts recently about like formalized competition. Um I just uh in in short, I feel like formalized competition just gets in the way of a lot of things. Um and it it, it just muddies things up. And if I were to think about it as a kid, right? And if I just want to play and you talked about playing time, and then, you know, if I just want to play and play freely, you know, I can do that like, you know, at a park or, at you know, cousin's house, friend's house and just play freely and do whatever I want. Right. But we as like, you know, and I include myself in this, too, but we as parents put ourselves, our kids in the in youth sports, you know, wanting them a lot of times to be healthy and active and make friends and things of that nature. And that, I know those were my two main motivating desires when I signed my kids up for soccer. It wasn't really to like go out there and then, you know, win every game, but like, you know, losing sucks, man. <laughs> so, and then and yes. the rea- reactions to losing, and it's just so difficult, but like, like, I, I just wonder if we could do youth sports without formalized competition, not in the sense that like, um, I just know like people's reaction to that might be like, Oh, you're so soft. Like, you know, you're, you're, you're coddling people. But like, like if I'm not saying that you don't like win and lose in informalized competition, you could lose a lot more times in formal, informal competition. Cause you could play a lot more typically than just 10 games a season. Right. If you're in informal competitions, you could play 10 games in one day. Um, and you could lose seven of those, but win three of those, you know, but, uh, I still think kids can get the winning and losing, but like it's not the uh, without the crazy consequences of like, you know, parents reactions and emotions to a game that they lost and the car ride home that comes with that a lot of times. And I just wonder if we could provide youth sports a lot more informally and in that way, like kids can win and lose and deal with winning and losing. And in reality, if you don't get a job, is it the worst thing in the world? Do you need to get berated by someone because you didn't get that job? Right? No, it's like you move on to the next, right? And then, and you know, you're going to have setbacks, but like, I think what the, you know, what successful people do is like, they, they, they understand that just setbacks are just setbacks. They're not the, the end of the end story. Whereas I feel like formalized competition overemphasizes a result. Um, and I think we as parents kind of make too much out of it. And that kind of then goes 
down towards the kids. Um, what, what are your thoughts on like formalized competition, you know, being necessary or, you know, maybe some pros of formal formalized competition that maybe I'm glossing over here? Yeah, that's that's a good question. Uh, I don't know how much I've thought about formal or informal. I think, you know, I think there's probably degrees of it already existing, you know, from, you know, you're, you're saying it like that. So formal and formal, the spectrum, mm-hmm. um, you know, the most formal is going to be, you know, some professional level that is very regulated and very, um, you know, every, money driven, it seems to me. Um, uh, I think that, I think that trying to, I, I think it's a good thing for us to have this creative area we call sport and we have agreed upon ways of having, of playing, mm-hmm. literally playing. We use that word play and it, you know, we, we forget it means very, that inf- informal kind of piece of just having a good time. Yeah. Uh, uh, and you know, to where you can kind of, I mean, and it, and it seems like that there's a, an element of, you know, uh, of, uh, rules and things that have gotten set up to what you, you have to have. I think, um, I, I don't know that I think that it is wrong or not wrong. Uh, Cause I don't think that's what you were saying. I think that there's still benefit to having some agreed upon way of doing this. And then two teams come in that don't know each other and can properly compete against each other in a, um, with cooperation and with respect. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's idealized at a certain level because really we don't see that a lot these days. And I don't know if we think about it, um, recently interacting with, with a guy down at Baylor and he kind of pushed back on me, you know, with almost acting like, and and set in in the way I worded something sounded like oh it's just gotten terrible, and you know he's he's a historian so he's pushing back going well I can show you that it's always been terrible it's it's never really been <laughs> as idealized as we want to make it out to be which okay that's really what he really wasn't what I was trying to what I was necessarily trying to say I, I do take his point that you know it's not that we've just gotten in this terrible time and now here we are and all the parents are bad and all this kind of thing it's mm-hmm. probably all true at some level i think what we what we tolerate what we see is probably we don't like it as much as what might have been allowed to at a certain point or people are more vocal or people you know whatever yeah Um, i think it is still a good thing um I i don't think it is a problem having these things i think the problem ends up being for kids parents and leaders who don't know what they're after when they're setting up these formal competitions mm-hmm. and the too many times. And I can, you know, I'm not sitting here like, Oh, I've never feel this way. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Again, talking a little bit of idealiz- I, I, I idealizing things here. I believe that our goal is out here to where somebody wins and somebody loses instead of that, just being kind of the consequence of the game. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if that makes sense. Somebody's going to win. Somebody's going to lose, most likely, or it's going to be a tie in soccer, yeah. you know, which I still don't have a problem with here in America. They do, you know, because sometimes <laughs> it's what it is. Yeah. Know? And if they can walk off the field having had a good time and enjoyed, you know, and felt like they learned something and they got to spend their morning doing this and enjoying it, mm-hmm. 
And we teach them that being able to just do this in a way that's organized in all these ways is a good thing. Instead of this walk, like you're saying, you know, the ride home is terrible. Mm-hmm. You know, coach is frustrated for three days. You know, and I look, I went through that too. I had to learn not to talk to my son about playing because he's playing on the team because I figured I was either too easy or too hard on him half the time. <laughs> you know, yep. so usually I'm asking somebody else to correct him or talk to him because I probably wasn't fair either way. Um, yeah, but, but I see it. Look, I, look, I've been on our board in the past, you know, and you're, we weren't all on the same page of what this looks like, you know, mm-hmm. and that may, that's going to find its way onto, um, how we play and what we do where, where winning is the only goal really. Yeah. That becomes the problem. So to me, it's not, I'm sorry. I'm just, you kind of caught me. I'm just thinking out loud a whole yeah. lot here um, to me, the, the, the issue is we've got the wrong goal. Yeah. You know, it's gotta be, we're providing a safe, um, environment, a culture that, that, uh, respects one another and treats each other with, with dignity and humanity. Mm-hmm. We have to be able to walk away with, you know, we're not going to tolerate play that hurts people. We're not going to listen to people calling people names in such a way that is degrading. We're going to reward uh, sportsmanship and the way people act and carry themselves as much as we're going to reward if how you play on the field. Yeah. It's when it comes to do you score goals or whatever. I think that's a more well-rounded way of doing it. And um, I think so to me, it's not really a competition. I'll tell you, it's interesting. I read a quote recently that was saying that the the heart of competition is not rivalry, but cooperation. Mm. And I thought that is wonderful. Mm -hmm. And that really is a good way of thinking about that. You know, we're all cooperating to get out here to play. That's why breaking the rules and cheating and playing dirty really goes at the heart of competition, not even just sport, but competition itself, because it's. That's not being cooperative. Yeah. That's not agreeing to, to play the same way and do the same thing. So No, that's good. No. No, I, I uh I appreciate the the candid thoughts like off the top of your head and you're uh, talking out loud. I just you know, um I mean that question was kind of posed in that same way because just kinda you know, off the top. So yeah. um Donnie, we're we're all the way up here reaching an hour already. This time wow. has flown by, it's crazy. Um is there anything I haven't asked you that, um, you know, and I'll definitely have you back on, but like, is there anything, um, that I haven't asked you that you want to put out into the world that, uh, you know, is on your mind, on your heart right now? Well, you know, I think it goes back towards that last bit of that is, you know, I, we, we need adults who buy into, um, philosophies and ideas that, allow kids to play and have fun and take the stakes down mm-hmm. to something more reasonable. And uh, these kids are going to develop uh, because if we put them in an environments where they can, can have exercise and they can push themselves and they can do these things, um, they're, they're going to develop. I mean, if they're going to be the next messy, they're just going to be the next messy. You know, I think there's some wonderful, um, if you, if, it, if you, if your listeners want to get out there and do a little digging, um, uh, Christian Pulisic's dad and mom in the last few years had been on 60 minutes 
and great interview with them. And they were asking questions about him. Uh, uh, you know, did he did he eat a special meal? Did he do this every day? They're like, no, there's probably one too many Slurpees and too many candy bars. <laughs> you know, he, they just because they had other kids who played, and both of them were players. And yeah. the thing was, he just he's just the one. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think in our world where there's that, or if they're the math genius, or they're the you know great uh, story writer, or whatever, you know. Uh, I, I am not convinced that simply putting in more time and effort means that you'll be better and become these great things, you know, because there are mm-hmm. these ideas. I put in, you know, so many touches on the ball. I'll just well, well, of course, practice is going to help you. Yeah. But you can't practice. And I don't think that we ought to just put kids in a box to where they can only do one sport. Okay. Um, or on, any, any one thing. So if they want to be in the band and they want to be on your soccer team and you can let them, let them yeah, let them expand and try things. That's what being a kid is supposed to be about. And great book out there called range. And it kind of goes towards this idea. And um, again, it will figure itself out. You know, when they get to a certain age, they're probably going to go one, one main sport or the other, but th- we could talk about the physical how it helps them physically to do a variety of things helps them mentally. It also lets them feel like they're not pegged into something. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of psychological benefits to some of these things. There's also a lot of physical benefits to these things. And I think it also lets, um, lets everybody just have a, a better sense of, uh, and, and back to just enjoying it. You yeah. know, you're going to, if you, if you're involved with your kids in sports from kindergarten, let's say, or right before on up, it's going to be a lot of hours. I mean, yeah. I'm just finishing up with a 18 year old through, through this time period in their life. You know, you're going to want to them and you to have some enjoyment of some of this. <laughs> yeah. For <You> sure. Know, <laughs> And you don't you you're gonna spend a lot of money one way or the other, whether it's just gas, you know. So yeah. um, get your get your get expectations set right. Parents, people running leagues, coaches, you know, um, it it figures itself out. Cool. It figures itself out. Awesome, man. Well, Donnie, thanks so much for your time. Uh, I'm going to cut the recording here, but we'll definitely have you back on if you uh, have some time in the future, man. Sure. Awesome. I can always ramble on them about something. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. That is all for today, guys. Episode number five of the Self-Directed Soccer Podcast. That was Donnie Lutrick, and uh, one of the main things I'm taking away from this conversation is to definitely define what we're not and helping that guide us in our decision making our whether that be in a game or in designing our practice sessions and in our interaction with the kids and the parents as well um i think uh a lot of the times we can get lost in um the emotion of competition and then that lead us astray in how we act and what we truly believe Um, So I think narrowing that down and having a clear mindset of what we're not trying to achieve is fantastic advice for all you soccer coaches to take and move forward with. So thanks again for joining us, guys. We'll see you on the next one.